Good evening! Welcome back, yet again, to Monsters Never Die, Talk Film Society's spooky season podcast where we take a look at the original Universal Monsters as well as their reimaginings and remakes. I'm one of your co-hosts, Matt Curione, editor-at-large over at Talk Film Society, and joining me on this special bonus episode is... It's alive! It's alive! Now I know what it feels like to be God! No, it's not I, Colin Clive. It's me, Jacob. I'm excited to be here. We're back. We're back, baby. All right. This is fun. We're going to do a little bonus episode. Because, uh, you know, we, we, we can't go that long without saying hello to people. Mm-hmm. That would just be rude of us. And uh, going forward, uh, we're actually, uh, since we covered all the Universal Monsters, we are not going to be discussing as many Going forward, we're going to be doing different monsters. Isn't that right, Jacob? That is right. Um, yeah, some ideas we have for future episodes. It's going to be similar concept where we talk about maybe a base or an original film, and then we talk about all of the remakes, reimaginings, other versions of that same concept. So some ideas we've got for the future are Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, yes. the, uh, the trio of 80s, 50s remakes, The Blob, The Fly, and The Thing. Hell yeah. We've got Edgar Allan Poe movies. We've got a whole bunch ahead, and uh, I'm excited about it. Yep, me too. Uh, really excited. Uh, can't wait to eventually talk about maybe some uh, killer robots. Oh, love a killer robot. Love killer robots. I That's going to be specifically it. Chopping Mall. Um, you, you know me. We're <laughs> obviously going to do an entire episode on Chopping Mall. <laughs> it needs to be done. Oh man, a mall episode. It's a shame <sighs> we've already done Phantom of the Mall. It's Eric's fine. Revenge. We'll, it's fine. We'll do. We'll do Chopping Mall. We'll do Dawn of the Dead. It'll, it'll be a good, uh, good little, good little, little special that yeah. we'll do. Uh, but yeah, how have you been since we last recorded, which was about three weeks ago? I've little... been great. Halloween is officially over. I'm undecorated. I, I I'm sad but excited because uh, I, I also love the Thanksgiving and Christmas seasons and. Um, yeah, so for Halloween, I was old Seymour Krellborn. I made a, uh, a puppet uh, Audrey 2 that I carried around and surprisingly fooled a lot of people who thought, uh-huh. A, that it was a robot, and B, when they were really drunk, thought it was a living plant. <laughs> that was the best, walking down the streets of D.C., and uh, somebody came up to me, and she just, no matter what me or her boyfriend would say, refused to believe that my uh, my papier-mâché Audrey 2 was not a living plant that was going to rip her hand off if she put her hand in it. <laughs> well, hey, it, it, I've seen the, I saw the video. It, it, you did a great job. Thank you, thank you. What were you for Halloween, Matt? Uh, Carlo and I went as Bill and Ted. Beautiful. Uh, of excellent adventure and bogus journey fame. Mm-hmm. And uh, it turned out really well. Uh, yeah, had, yeah, you guys it, looked great. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, a lot of fun. We'd never done a couple's costume before, Aww. and uh, we already have plans for next year. Ooh. I think we're going to do Jack and Wendy Torrance, which, <laughs> okay. uh, which might be a major red flag, but whatever. It's fine. <laughs> it'll, it'll be fun. Yeah. It'll be lots of fun. Uh, some quote-unquote horror movies have come out since we last recorded. Uh, I say quote-unquote because you and I didn't see it together, but we saw The Lighthouse. Yeah, we did. Real quick, what did you think of The Lighthouse? I loved The Lighthouse so very much. I could have watched ten hours of those guys just doing nothing but taking care of The Lighthouse. It was wonderful, wasn't it? Oh, man. I, I loved the look of it. I loved that it 
it feels like it harkens back to the that universal aesthetic. Mm-hmm. We've got a lot of you know shot in that beautiful Academy ratio, a lot Ooh, of vertical space. Um, yeah, no, I uh, I loved every single second of that movie, and I could have watched it ten times in a row if I could have. No, what did you think? <clears throat> I loved it. Uh, I it didn't scare me. All no, not not even remotely. It, I wouldn't even call it a horror movie. No, not even remotely. Uh, I've been describing it as a Lovecraftian workplace comedy. That seems accurate, and I think that really fits because you know you have that Lovecraft stuff with like the weird god inside the lighthouse, and mm-hmm. uh, obviously tentacles, and it's also really funny. Yeah, really, yeah. really funny. It's a hoot. It's and don't don't you like me, lobster? <laughs> It's, it's so good. It literally adapts a line from uh, the Lonely Islands. I'm on a boat where Robert Pattinson fucks a mermaid. Yes, yes, it does. <laughs> uh, that mermaid was creepy. I did not care for it. Um, real quick, I just want to talk about another horror movie that came out. A pretty major horror film that came out. Doctor Sleep. Call me Doctor Sleep. Good morning. I'm, How are you? I'm Doctor Sleep. I'm good. Uh, this movie. Have you seen it yet? I have not seen it yet. Okay, it's phenomenal. It's I, one of the it's one of the best movies I've seen all year, and it's one of the best Stephen King ap- adaptations in oh I don't know twenty years. Wow, it's really really good. And that Mike Flanagan guy, we're going to be talking about him down the road when we do like a haunted house episode, uh, for obvious reasons. Yeah, because you know he had that television program that I haven't watched yet, but apparently He's apparently it's great. local to me. Really? Yeah. Apparently, he brought a, uh, I guess, an early screening of Doctor Sleep to a nearby college, uh, like a week or two before it came out, that I did not know about until my coworkers told me they were there. You should get him on the show. Let's try this. <laughs> let's, let's give <laughs> sure. This a why shot. not? Let's try to get uh, Flanagan on on the podcast. You know, we might what... be able to. I mean, I work for a college. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. Put those feelers out. Find out. Uh, now, the basic reason that we're here recording this bonus episode is. Before we did our last episode... We missed episode, each other. We, that, obviously. <laughs> I mean, I missed you greatly, Jacob. But we also promised our listeners that we would answer some questions that they had. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, starting off first uh, with our listener questions. That's why we're here, basically. Uh, Billy Jarrett, uh, at Billy Jarrett Ugg, asks, On a level of the other Universal Monsters, where does the Gilman rank on pure raw sex appeal? And I would probably say an eight. <laughs> so I, uh, I I took the this opportunity to rank the uh, the sexy the monsters by sexiness. Oh, okay. So I because that's kind of how I, I understood the question. So uh, you can you can tell me how you feel that I, I did with this. Okay. So at should I start from the top or the bottom? Go with the with the ugliest first. All right. The, the, <laughs> all right. Not ugliest. That's not the question. Least sexy. There's a difference. Yeah. Okay. All right. So um, least sexy monster. Frankenstein, because he's yeah. a child. And he's also made of corpses. Yeah, he's cold, that he's doesn't unfeeling, help and again, yeah. brain of a child, no thank you. Yeah. Um, once he gets his learnt, like, I guess I'm, I'm referring specifically to the universal monster Frankenstein, mm-hmm. uh, literary Frankenstein, maybe bumps up a little bit, but he is so, he's almost too sensitive. Yeah, he is. He's very, very sensitive. And, uh, and he's also controlling. So you know what? Yeah, no. He's the least sexy monster. Right above him is uh, old Imhotep in his mummy outfit. Okay. Uh, from the beginning of the mummy, he's just a, a crinkly corpse. And there's nothing sexy about that. 
I guess unless you're into bondage, in which case the mummy wrapping could be fun. Uh, he's too brittle. Yeah, he would, he would, he would crumble. He would just break in half. Uh, above that, we I, this is going to be maybe controversial uh, for the the third least sexy. I ha- I do have the Phantom of the Opera. Okay, yeah, I uh, that's fine. I don't like the Phantom of the Opera sexy. Sorry, Gerard Butler. I, I think you're a perfectly good actor, and I, I like that film a lot. But uh, I just I, it, it feels wrong to me when he is sexy. I, I like yeah. him more a little monstrous, a little controlling, a little evil, and then I like him crushed to death. Uh, above the Phantom, we have the Invisible Man, who ranks solely on sexiness because of Claude Rain's voice. Oh, yes. He is also invisible, which, I don't know about you, that'd be real weird. Yes, it would. I like. I want you to just take a minute to imagine what that would look like. I can't. I, I, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, literally, you can't. But <laughs> I can't. Yep. Above him, we be- have the old, uh, the old Wolfman. Uh, okay. He gets by a little bit on Lon Chaney's schlubby charm but he's a little too much of a sad sack and uh, yeah a little too dangerous when he's the number one sad boy all right so fourth from third from the top is the gill man he's to me he's the third sexiest of the monsters he's uh he's just uh, yeah i'm I'm not quite guillermo del toro obsessed but he's He's got a he's got a cool house he's got a cool house he's got a good look that helps that helps he's dangerous but not in a creepy or possessive way yeah He's got a grotto, man. Yeah. Uh, above Gilman, I'm putting Ardeth Bay. I've already made my uh, my feelings on him known oh, yes, in our Mummy yes. episode. And uh, and then the top is obviously Dracula. It's got to be Dracula. He's the number one sexiest monster. You did forget the bride, but I'll allow it. Oh, yes, I did forget the bride. Um, she slots in pretty high. Um, two. Yeah. Three. Probably, probably two. Two or three. She, sure. Yeah. She doesn't get and a whole Dracula, lot. Dracula, yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to rank him. I'm just going to give him a, a, a score of eight. Okay, and now what is eight your eight? Why, why, why an eight? Uh, well, like I said, he's got a cool house, <laughs> uh, and it might be interesting. <laughs> All right, I, I could live with that. Yeah, I've seen Shape of Water. I kind of know how it works. All right. Favorite modern update of a classic monster? Michelle Egan asks this question, and my answer is the Wolfman. I think we talked about this on the uh, Wolfman episode. Yes, we did. Yes, I. Oh, yes. Oh my goodness. Give me that. Give me that craziness. Uh, I, I, do, I do love the Wolfman. Um, of of the movies that we talked about and watched, I would probably say the Wolfman is my favorite. Um, my answer for this question for update of a classic monster, which is I think a little more broad, I, I picked what we do in the shadows. I okay. love the that that movie embraces kind of all of the aspects of vampire lore that we sometimes drop away. Mm-hmm. I really like the the tone and the... I think the effects in that movie are strangely moving. Yeah. I think they're really effective. And uh, it's also gut-bustingly hilarious. Yes, it's very funny. What We Do in the Shadows, modern classic, that's what I say. I like that movie. It's really good. Okay, uh, Manish Mathur asks, uh, he's also the host of it pod to be you it's a romantic comedy podcast on the talk film society network mm-hmm. i was i was uh one of the first guests oh. on on that show uh i uh, he asks everyone to bring their favorite romantic comedy uh to discuss it with him and obviously i picked annie hall because not only my favorite romantic comedy it's one of my favorite movies ever made That's and nice. episode three of that show this was back in march so uh, if you wanted to give that a listen, uh, it's 
it was pretty good. Uh, <laughs> now, the, the question Manish asks is, if you could hire any filmmaker to travel back in time to make an old-school monster movie, who would it be? Who you you answer? answer this one. You, you go first. Answer okay, first. so if I have access to the time machine... Yeah. I am going to pick a, uh, a unfortunately a, a deceased uh, director from uh, from recent years, uh, Antonio Bird, who uh, you might know from the film Ravenous with Guy Pierce. I've never seen that. I should, oh, right? Matt, I should see Ravenous. Everyone tells me I should see Ravenous. Ravenous. It yeah. is. So my, my my thought process behind this was: a, I have a time machine. I want more movies from Antonio Bird, and um, <laughs> b. Ravenous is such a unique experience. If we're taking somebody back to the old days, I want to make a movie that they wouldn't have made back then. I don't want to take somebody who could do that now. I want to see what somebody who wouldn't have had the opportunity to do that then would do. And her Mm. movie and Ravenous is political and weird and funny. And it just so strange. It feels like it was beamed in from another planet yeah. And it very much takes the fantasy and the uh of the Wendigo and makes that very explicitly about capitalism and I think that she would have made a really interesting monster movie that was really of the time if she had the chance to. How about you Matt? Who who would you send back? I have two answers. Okay. Okay. I want I would want David Eggers of The Lighthouse to mm-hmm. go back and make Dracula. Mm. I think that would be really cool, and that also ties into that rumor that he wants to do a Nosferatu movie Mm -hmm. one day. So I think his aesthetic would really fit that really well. Mm -hmm. I would also want to see a go back in time and have Richard Stanley make Frankenstein. (laughs) Okay, I'm into this. (laughs) Because that would be batshit insanity. Yeah. Using all the practical effects. Uh, If you can't tell, I just watched Hardware last night. (laughs) Okay. Again. I've seen it twice now. Uh, I love Richard Stanley. It's a a shame that he hasn't made a movie in about 30 years. He's making one now, isn't he? It's out. It's playing limited limited screens, and it's coming out in December. It's called uh, Color Out of Space, I believe. Okay. It's a Lovecraft adaptation with Nicolas Cage. Give it to me now. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, it, I've seen the trailer. It looks gorgeous. Uh, I know people who have seen it, and they said it's like it's like the the rightful return of Richard Stanley. Like it really makes it that much more of a crime that he hasn't made a movie in over 30 years. Yeah, it's fucking depressing. Um, so yeah, that's my answer for that that question. One of my friends, uh, Dave. I hope I'm saying his last name right. He's gonna punch me in the mouth. Uh, Dave Giannini. Mm-hmm. Sure, that sounds right. Uh, Italian, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he's also the uh, co-host of d- the Directed By podcast, where they go through directors' filmographies. I believe right now they're doing uh, the bane of everyone's existence, Martin Scorsese, and uh, it's a really good show. I what re- a good highly- concept. I I highly recommend it. It's really cool, and his questions are pretty straightforward. And he asks, first off. Why does one of your hosts sound like John Mulaney? Jacob, answer this. I don't know why Matt sounds like John Mulaney. <laughs> oh, okay, sure. <laughs> I, don't know, I can't, can't answer that question. I'm just a, you know, I'm a, I'm a nervous, tall, thin man who likes strong go. women. So I guess, you know, that's... 
<laughs> there you go. Uh, okay, his other question is 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 very good one. It's uh, who is your dream recast for each monster? Matt, I I need to hear your list. Okay, now gotta remember, for at least one of these, it's when he was in his prime. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna just go in order that the that we did our show. Basically, okay, sounds good. Dracula, Mads Mikkelsen. That's a uh, that is a good firm choice. I think he would pull off Dracula really well because mm-hmm. number one, he's extremely sexy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I find him in, in, like incredibly attractive. Yes, uh, he's got he's got like a great voice. He's got that like very unique look that you mm-hmm. don't see very often. And can you tell I've been playing a lot of Death Stranding? Because <laughs> that's how he popped into my head. I hope one of your choices is Guillermo del Toro. <laughs> it's not, unfortunately. <laughs> okay, Dr. Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. George Clooney. Okay. Uh, George Clooney in Michael Clayton mode. Yeah, no, I, where I can see the, the mad obsession. Where he's doing it, but he doesn't really want to do it. Mm-hmm. I think that would work there. This is the one you have to think of him in, as in his prime and not the 72-year-old man he is now. Frankenstein's monster, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Matt? He's a big beef. Matt? <laughs> yes? I'm going to disagree with you. Okay, fine. I think 72-year-old Arnold Schwarzenegger would be a much more interesting choice. Okay. Yeah. The body is made of corpses. There is no reason they have to be particularly young. True. And I think old Arnold is a... Uh, I think Arnold is always an interesting actor, but I, I love I agree. old Arnold. I think I agree. he is doing some of his best work now, have, even though his films are not always the best. Have you seen Maggie? He's really good in that. Yeah. Yeah, he's phenomenal there. He, but yeah, I, I think he'd be good. Yeah, no, I, I never would have thought of that, but that is a, a really interesting good choice. It's just the shape of the head, too. It works. Yeah. <laughs> For the bride... Of Frankenstein, I have two choices. Mm-hmm. Naomi Watts mm-hmm. or Jennifer Lopez. Okay, I'm int- I, Jennifer Lopez. I, I, I am interested in that. Is a, I think that Jennifer is Lopez choice. would be a really cool choice. Yeah, um, we've seen her do serious work. We've seen her do horror, and I think she could pull it off really well. Naomi Watts. I'm thinking she starts out the out the Bride of Frankenstein kind of like in Mulholland Drive mode, where she's all like chipper and happy and by the end of Bride of Frankenstein she has become what she becomes mm-hmm. in Mulholland Drive <laughs> okay the mummy mm-hmm. Michael Fassbender <laughs> okay uh, only because I think he'd make an amazing Imhotep I could see I don't, that I don't care about him in bandages or whatever I just want sexy Fassbender walking around trying to seduce people and bring them back to bring them back to uh, Anox on the Moon Okay. Uh, the Invisible Man. Ewan McGregor. Interesting. I, I think he'd be really good. I love his voice. Yeah. Uh, and he can do a bunch of different voices, and I think that would really work uh, for The Invisible Man. Mm-hmm. Fan of the opera? I went from a musical standpoint, I need someone who can sing. hmm Hugh Jackman. Ah, uh, yeah. He should have He should have been he's, it in 2004. He's, he's also still very good looking. Yep. So it helps that yep. aspect of this phantom. So yeah, that's my that's my cast. Uh, you forgot our old Wolfman and Gillman. Oh well, Gillman doesn't matter. 
It's fine. Honestly, it, it, Doug Jones. How about that? Okay, that's, that's, or that's, Andy a, that's Circus. a nice, safe choice. <laughs> or Andy Circus. Who the hell knows? Uh, Jesus, I got to think of a Wolfman. How did I forget the Wolfman? He's your favorite. Probably, okay, fine. Benicio Del Toro. I would yeah. want him to play the Wolfman because he's perfect. <laughs> I can't think of anyone else. I will kill all of you. I cannot think of anyone else. <laughs> oh, I love him. All right, so Jacob, what's your answers? Matt, I don't I don't want to critique your choices. I think those are all very good choices. I think you played this game a lot more safely than I did. I did. I did. <laughs> okay. So for, for my, my first choice as Dracula, okay. Lord Dracul, I picked Aubrey Plaza. Aubrey Plaza. Oh, oh her, oh god, real? Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Parks, and, I, I, Parks and Rec. Yes. I have not watched much of Legion, but what I've seen of Legion, her role in that as like a satanic trickster evil force. I have not seen it. She, um, I think she really has a, she has an ability to tap into a darkness. I think she has an ability to tap into a seductiveness in a non necessarily a sexual manner, just a, a sheer magnetism. I think Aubrey Plaza would be an interesting choice for Dracula. All right. Um, yeah, I take that. For Frankenstein, I'm glad you picked a doctor and a monster because I did the same. Cool. Uh, for the doctor, I picked William Jackson Harper, also known as uh, Chidi from The Good Place. Oh, that's cool. I, yeah, I could see that. That'd I mean, be awesome. Yeah, his role in um, Midsommar is not that far off. That's a movie that I saw. <laughs> thank you for thank you for reminding me of its existence. Yes, and uh, Matt, I think you're gonna like this one for the I monster. Did not, I, real quick, I did not like Midsummer. Carry on <laughs> <laughs> for the monster. Yes, Willem Dafoe. Oh fuck yes! Hark, <laughs> hark! In, in my version, we would definitely be doing the more literary uh, Frankenstein's monster, yeah, the one yeah. who, who who learns and feels pain, and I think Willem Dafoe is the man to do it. Oh my god, he's so good in everything, always. It so, would have been easy for you to pick him for Dracula, since he's already played, you know, Nosferatu. Yes. <laughs> uh, for The Mummy, I, I wanted to go with an Egyptian actor, since I don't know if we've ever done that, and... That seems wrong. Um, so uh, I picked uh, Emro Wokit, who is not a, a household name, but if you've seen Lucy, he plays Pierre, the uh, the, the French police officer. He's got a, oh yeah, I liked him there. Yeah, he's got an interesting kind of sexy, kind of unique, kind of dangerous yeah. look, and I think he'd be a really interesting Imhotep or Ardeth Bay or Karis or whatever mummy you want to be. Whatever mummy you want. <laughs> For the Invisible Man, uh, I have one kind of joking choice and then one true choice. Okay, but, what's your so joke? the Invisible Man, <laughs> he, uh, you know, you've you've got to have a voice. That's yeah. the the key aspect. And I, I was I was racking my brain. What voice would truly scare me if it came out of my room and I could not see who it was from? Ugh. Billy Eichner. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, he could definitely do the uh, the asshole Invisible Man that yeah, uh, Claude Rains occasionally becomes. 
Yeah, I like him. I like, uh, yeah, Billy Eichner's inspired. This is very good. Thank you. Thank you. My, my other choice, this one is uh, a little off the wall. Um, but again, I was just trying to go for an iconic voice. And honestly, the voice that reminds me the most of Claude Rains, even though it's not identical, Kathy Moriarty. Do you okay. remember her? Have you seen Casper, the uh, the live action Casper? Kathy Moriarty. Why am I why am I blanking on her? She um she is oh Raging Bull and Matinee. Yes. Oh yeah, I love Sorry. her. <laughs> I guess I could have picked good movies instead of Casper. Casper, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, you say oh yes, Vicky Lamotta from Raging Bull. Thank you. All right, sorry. I know I'm who that of, is. I'm thinking of an Invisible Man. So you know, my mind's in ghosts. Jesus. Uh, she's just you know she has got a voice that. Is yeah, iconic and yeah, she's a little older, but you know what? Who says the invisible man can't be an older woman? Not yeah. me. Yeah. Um, for the Wolfman, this one is another out of the box uh, choice. I just I wanted to go with someone who I would not want to see become a Wolfman. You know, okay. that's that's the central tragedy of Lon Chaney Jr.'s performance. Is you like Lon Chaney Jr., you want to see him just be a guy. So for the Wolfman, a guy. Yeah. I have picked Joan Cusack. Someone oh who I God. never want to see anything bad happen to, ever. I love, love John Cusack. She's <laughs> one of our national treasures. She's the temptress of Waikiki. And I really think that, I mean, I, Matt, I just want you to take a second and picture Joan Cusack transformation sequence. Yes, and please. what she could do before mm-hmm. any effects are put in. Uh-huh. She's got that cartoon quality. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yep, yep, yes, please. Give me. Um, I accidentally skipped over the bride, um, oh, no. so we'll we'll jump back to the bride, uh, the bride of Frankenstein, and uh, Lupita Nyong'o. That'd be cool. I, I she has um, based largely on her performance in um, in Us. That's another movie that happened that I saw. Thank you for reminding me of its existence. <laughs> I liked both of these movies. You didn't like, but uh, that's fine. I um, loathe Us. But yeah, go on, please. Well, well, you can't deny she was really good in it. And she was good. You can't deny that that the you know the iconic bride moment is the hiss. Yeah, and true. Lupita doing the hiss. Mm. Chef kiss. Uh, and then finally for the Gill Man, I I did pick a Gill Man, and uh, I was I was racking my brain trying to think who we need a swimmer for the Gill Man. You know, we need somebody Michael, in the suit who knows how to swim. Who are Mike, our swimming actors? Michael Phelps. Ooh, he's a no swimmer, right? Hate that guy. <laughs> I can't stand him, but it, you say swimmer, I think that. There is a non-zero chance I might be very distantly related to him. Ew, gross. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> now, actors who swim? Jason Statham. Oh, fuck. That would be amazing. He's jacked. He's an Olympic diver. He fights he's sharks. He's man. <laughs> he fights sharks. <laughs> So yeah, that's, I can what, see, that's my uh, list yes, of monsters. Statham would be really cool. Thank you. I'm I, I'm proud of uh, of my list, and I'm proud of your list too. I, I I didn't mean to denigrate you. I didn't I didn't you know go that far outside the box. <laughs> you know, uh, you, you really, show me a box, and I am going to park directly outside of it. You you swung for the fences, and I'm proud of you. Thank Jacob. you, thank you, Matt. Very good job. Um, so yeah, those are the listener questions we got. Uh, we answered one on our last episode, but we're not going to answer that again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that's. It. I mean, real quick before we go, uh, what'd you think of that Invisible Man trailer? That Invisible Man trailer does look very good. I am, quote unquote, the upgrade disliker, uh, but I, I think this movie looks pretty good. Uh, I can't wait. Uh, I'm signed on with whatever Lee Wanell does. 
for the rest of his career. I've always been a fan. Uh, not only is he a good director, he's a good writer. Uh, real big fan of Cooties, if anyone has seen Cooties. Oh, I haven't seen Cooties. Oh, Cooties is a delight. Uh, yeah, the, the kids eat tainted chicken nuggets at lunch, and they become zombies. Yep. And the teachers basically have to fight their way through ravenous school children, and uh, it's hilarious. And Lee One l is really funny in it. So yeah, go go watch Cooties. I, uh, I really like that this trailer... Um a, makes the very smart choice of not making the Invisible Man the lead character. Yeah. I think that's a, a, a fantastic choice. I think having it be moderately, maybe not political, but at least socially minded, I think mm-hmm. is a really good choice. I am very excited to see where this movie goes. It's going to be fun. going to be fun. comes out in a few months, and we'll do a whole episode on it. Don't yep. worry about it. Uh, okay, yeah, so speaking of... Next time we talk, I believe uh, we're still going to be working on it, but season two of Monsters Never Die, that's right, folks, it is happening, uh, will be coming soon. Let's just leave it at that for now. That sounds good to me. Leave it for that for now. But until next time, till we do meet again, Jacob, where can the fine people find you online? The fine people online can find me at Jacob underscore DeNoble. I'm that on both Twitter and um, the old uh, Letterboxd. Uh, as for me, you can find me over at Talk Film Society. You can find me on basically any social media at the Real Matt C. Uh, find me, yell at me, do what you will with me. It's fine. Uh, until next time, don't forget monsters never die and stay spooky. Now here is a question, a question for you. Remember the answer will start with a Q. Just think of a duck, be it white, brown, or black. What sound does it make? Why a ducky goes <coughs> No, Grover, a ducky goes quack. Quack is a Q word. The answer is quack. Uh, okay. Look, Grover, mm-hmm. try this one. Oh. Now here is a question.